mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting In Work, episode 63 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, powered by Audio Technica. This week, we have something a little different. I'm really excited for you to hear it. But first, the iTunes review of the week. It goes to Salt and Pepper, Purple Jesus, who says, one of the best interview podcasts out. Jono delivers a weekly show that is brilliant from start to finish. The variety in his guests keep things fresh and Jono knows how to steer a conversation better than most. All this combines for a great podcast that keeps you coming back each and every week. Keep putting in work, Mr. Beck. Your hustle is second to none. What a great review. Thank you so much. And if you want to get featured in the iTunes review of the week, all you have to do is pretty much leave a review. It's great. It helps the show and it gives me something to do at the start of every episode too. So this show started as a way to just present some cool interviews with cool people, telling their stories about hard work. It's also just become kind of my way to interview people who I find really interesting. And one of those people is Drew Agnew, who's another guy in the 8-Bit Collective. He runs the House of Mario podcast, but he's also a sheep farmer, which I find fascinating because I don't know about you, but I grew up around a lot of farmers and I never met anyone that was into gaming, let alone podcasting itself. Mostly because podcasting wasn't a thing at the time, but you know what I'm saying. Like that's showing a whole nother level of interest. And I've also just always wanted to have a farmer on this show because, you know, it's putting in work and who works harder than the people that are putting food on our tables and balancing that with a creative project like a Nintendo podcast as Drew does, I find really interesting. And it was great to hear that from him, but also kind of to get into some of the issues that face farmers, people who work on the land, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty around what they do. They have to rely on weather and other conditions that are completely out of their hand, like the markets, share prices and the Australian dollar. And because of a lot of these things, there's been a lot of mental health issues combined with, I guess, a cultural reluctance of farmers to take care of themselves by going and seeing a doctor and talking about things they're going through. I even just read an article today in the Herald Sun that talks about the incredible mental health battles that a lot of these farmers are going through in tough times and just the effect that that has on suicide. So we do talk on these subjects in this episode. So I guess that's a warning to anyone that's maybe sensitive to those issues. And like I talk about with Drew, it's so great that now people are finally starting to talk about these things and get help that is needed. So if that's you, if you're listening, make sure you get help, talk it out. And if you don't know someone you can talk to, you can always go to Lifeline Australia at 13 11 14, crisis support and suicide prevention 24 seven. But aside from that issue, I think you're really gonna enjoy some of Drew's stories, a funny guy, and he is a brother here on the 8-Bit Podcast Collective. So without further ado, here he is, the House of Mario podcast host, Drew Agnew. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining me, Drew. It's uh, great to have you on the show all the way from Millicent, right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to be on. That's all right. It's, uh, I've been listening for since oh, since the show started and I've been enjoying the show. And You're one of the hardcore fans. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here. It's kind of like, you know, you're always there supporting me, giving me feedback and just thought, you know, you're doing cool stuff as well. So... I'm pretty. Int- I've been interested since I found out you're a farmer in how that works, because as well as always wanting to have like a farmer and a police officer and some of those kinds of interesting jobs on this show at some point, the fact that you're a gamer as well is really interesting. Because I grew up with farmers. You know, my school was a big agricultural school, and a lot of dairy farmers where I grew up. My grandparents were farmers, and my dad grew up on a farm. I never met a farmer that was into video games, at least not to the point that you are. So, Mm. take me through, I guess, your background in farming 
and also how you came across the entertainment form of video games. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'm a fifth generation farmer on our farm out at Millicent. Uh, family's been breeding sheep and uh, cattle and cropping for, I guess, about 60 years. When I was growing up, I never really thought I was going to be a farmer. I never, I never said, I want to be a farmer when I grow up. I want to do what dad's doing and mum's doing. But as I got older, I sort of started to appreciate the lifestyle of farming a bit more, especially when I was out doing other jobs, which I didn't like so much. And a sort of the appreciation of being able to work for yourself became a lot more appealing, especially after doing weekend work at uh, in hospitality and other jobs, which weren't so fun, like recycling, like at a recycle, <laughs> recycling depot and stuff like that. So, Getting those five cent, uh, what is it, the five, the five cents back on the South Australian recycling depots, oh, is it? It's double that now. It's ten cents. Oh, yeah. So you're in the there big, you go. you're in the big money if you get a big wool bale of cans back. Good times in SA, taking like buckets full of empty <laughs> Coke cans and bottles to get three dollars from the recycling depot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why the rest of the country hasn't done it, but we're not going to go down that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I got older, I'm like, all right, so. I enjoy being out in the country. I enjoy, I eventually want to work for myself. When I left school, I decided to stay home, uh, learn from dad, learn from mum about how to run the business. The thing about farming is it still is to an extent, like it's so daunting that there's so many little things you've got to learn. It's not just doing one job. You've got to sure. like with, with a sheep farm, you've got to know what to look for. If you're going around the paddocks checking, you've got to know, you've got to know look for the water. You've got to know how to maintain fence lines. You've got to know how to shear. You've got to know how to crutch. You've got to know so many things. Then there's other aspects with cropping. You've got to know all the, you know, the science that goes into into that. Unless, you, unless you're hmm. rich or something, you can just hire other people to do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. a lot of business uh, doesn't work that way. There's still there's still a lot to learn. I'm twenty I'm twenty three and I've been home on the farm for I guess this is the fifth year out of high school. But I got into video games like a lot of other people sort of have, just at, at school playing um it mainly started with Pokemon at school. Of course. <laughs> uh a lot of my a lot of my friends were into it. I didn't know about it for ages, it was just a TV show and my friends eventually said, oh, are you getting the new Pokemon game? Which at the time was Ruby and Sapphire on the Game Boy Advance. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm getting it. I've, but I actually had no idea what it was. <laughs> like, I didn't even know what a Game Boy was, I think. I was nine at the time. And peer pressure, eventually I got one. And that, that Christmas, I played it all day and just fell in love with it. And from Pokemon, I found Mario. Then I found Zelda. Then I found other Nintendo games. Then I found PlayStation. Then I found Xbox, and just yeah, my whole world just came together like that. Yeah, <laughs> game wise. Yeah, so that's interesting. That I guess you'd never heard of the Game Boy or whatever it was at that point. Is do you think that that is kind of a product of that rural lifestyle and you know running around with the sheep on the weekends instead of sitting in a dark room with the curtains <laughs> drawn like maybe I would have grown up. <laughs> I don't know. It, I just didn't end up with a console because a lot of my friends had a PlayStation 2. I did want a GameCube, but I didn't end up getting one for whatever reason. It, it's still sort of true today. Just so, you sort of don't have time to just sit down yeah. in the lounge room. or it, it, It's not so much a time thing. It's just a lot of the time with console games, it's the commitment of going down to 
actually play it with a handheld you can just pick it up and easily play and that's how i've uh, played pretty much so much game with arts and ds and yeah so i don't want to be completely stereotyping here but the farmers that i grew up with <laughs> you know their hobbies were footy and cricket and going shooting on the weekends and surfing and these yeah. kind of i guess physical activities that get them outdoors and uh, you know riding motorbikes that's the kind of the typical farming experience so have you found that i'm guessing you have a lot of interactions with farmers whether they're your age or or not that you're kind of on an island there in terms of having the interest in video games and not just video games to play but as an industry podcasting the whole thing that comes along with it yeah so a lot of my friends or especially boys my age they are definitely into the shooting into the you know forward driving and all that like and I, I am too you know it's it's not my i'm not as into it as a lot of other guys are around here i love my four-wheel driving and riding motorbikes and that too but i definitely can say that i am a lot more into video games and especially podcasting a lot of people uh, don't know what a podcast is to be honest especially older yep. especially <laughs> older people who aren't that familiar with the internet i'll share podcasts on my facebook whatever and people go oh that's good you're doing a thing and they'll come up to me on the street and they'll go actually a guy a, a close friend of mine he's probably in his 60s i hope he's in his 60s i hope i didn't uh, make it sound like he's older than he is but he came up he said oh tell me about this super mario thing you're doing i'm like uh yeah it's a it's a it's a podcast um my friend bryce and i we talk about video games mainly nintendo games as it's a nintendo show and he said uh, what's a podcast? I'm like, oh, think think about the radio, but it's not live and you download it on, on your phone and you listen to it like that way. He's like, all right, um, I still don't know what the hell you're on about. Uh, you can teach me about it one day. So it, it, it is uh, slowly seeping out there. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I'm trying not to laugh as you're telling this story because I just know like my wife's parents would be exactly yeah, the same. Yeah. Like, I think they would only know about podcasts because of you know me talking to them about what I've been doing and I can just imagine that same conversation taking place. What do you think it is about you as a personality that's drawn you into that? You know, it's you're working these long days, you're on the farm, you come home, you probably want to have a beer and watch the footy or whatever, like probably most farmers do, but instead you're either playing games or you're putting in work to make this Mario podcast. And that's not a Mario <laughs> podcast, but the House of Mario, the Nintendo podcast. Number one Nintendo podcast in the Oceanus. Yeah, sure. sure. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like it's you, you've got obviously this creative side that wants to create something like a podcast, which is a lot of work. But yeah, so what do you think it is that gives you this extra interest and, and drive to do that? Well, I, I've been listening to podcasts uh, probably since 2010. I was, I was on iTunes and I just searched Nintendo when it came up with a Nintendo voice chat from IGN and I started listening to that and I really enjoyed it just having people discuss things I really care about and eventually from from that I went to the other IGN podcast, found Podcast Beyond, which we all know from Greg and Colin yeah. and I really got into that and Podcast Unlocked and then to Kind of Funny then I branched out to other games podcasts and branched out to other just other podcasts in general, whether it's comedy or any other genre and eventually i thought like i really wanted to start my own podcast i didn't know what that would be i didn't know whether it was just going to be a talk shit with my friend or talk games with a friend or whatever and uh bryce and i bryce who's my co-host we started we did start a youtube channel 
uh, about two years ago called Pow Pows. But um, like the internet down here was so slow that we couldn't upload a 20-minute video in, yeah. <laughs> in 24 hours and that wasn't even HD. So by the time you got it up, you couldn't even see our faces. It was that blurry. <laughs> So we I'm st- guessing it's not that much better now, is it? No, it's a lot better now with MBN. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Great. It's just that, it's, yeah, it's just slow at the moment because of <laughs> shitty weather. I don't know how the weather affects the cables on the ground, but it, it does. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so after going to RTX and meeting yourself and a lot of the other cool guys there, we come back in May 2017. We said, all right, let's, let's start a podcast We'll make it Nintendo because that's where the two of us align together. He's really into PC games. I'm really into console games. But Nintendo is where we really meet in the center and have a sure. lot have a lot to say. And what I really wanted to do was make a product which myself as a, a huge Nintendo fan would really enjoy and which they wouldn't necessarily get from uh, something like IGN or even some of the bigger outlets. Mm. Some Something where fans of Nintendo can they, they they might be able to come on and speak their mind or interesting guests come on who aren't you know the developers of the latest game like really emphasize the community within Nintendo fan base sure I mean even having someone like me on who isn't a Nintendo fan to talk about Nintendo so <laughs> yeah you, so got that, the, you got everything <laughs> yeah so that that like I really enjoyed that episode just having you on saying um like what what you enjoy and don't enjoy and you don't have a bias or really i don't have the, the nostalgia goggles that a lot of nintendo fans have i guess yeah and like you know a, a lot of us like say we don't have nostalgia goggles or we're not biased but inherently you know you have to be at some point whether you're a playstation xbox or just yeah. whatever you played as a kid it's it's going to happen that's right but sorry just back to your question about uh, uh after work it's not too bad after after work like it is we we try we try and be organized. We post the episode every Tuesday morning, and we try to get it out. And we try to do it either on the weekend or Monday morning. So when I get home from shearing or farm work, um, all I've got to do is edit it if it's done on the weekend. Whereas it can be a bit harder if we're trying to if I'm trying to be like interesting to listen to when all I want to do is go to bed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that <laughs> makes I'm sense. Sure, yeah, I'm sure a lot of creative people have that issue as well because especially on uh, YouTube or something where you've really got to be interesting to watch whereas uh, you've been working all day and that makes it harder. Yeah, definitely. And I think things like Twitch streaming, like the last thing you want to do when you've had a long day is pretend like you're super excited at everything, reacting to everything, talking to people when there might only be one person watching or whatever it is. You just want to play your game and (laughs) and enjoy it, I guess. (laughs) Phase out, unwind. Yeah, you need a lot of charisma to sort of uh, carry a Twitch stream, especially. Right. Um, a lot of people, if you click onto a Twitch stream, all you, like, all you see them is just like staring at the TV and they're not <laughs> talking or interacting with the chat. Yeah. You may as well just play the game at that point. You need that Jack Cruz charisma. Yes, of course you do. You <laughs> definitely do. <laughs> so, are you like when you're working on the farm, you're doing a lot of manual labor, are you listening to podcasts and that kind of thing? Or is that oh, too hard? Yeah, definitely. If- yeah. No, if if I if I can get away with it, I will. I'll listen to podcasts as much as I can. <laughs> so if if I'm just going around uh, checking things or feeding animals or driving places, if I don't need like uh, my hearing, <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll do it. I've actually bought a pair of wireless 
uh, earphones to put in. That's improved my podcast listening like 100%. Nice. That's wonderful. You must be the only person shearing a sheep while listening to podcast beyond or whatever that's that's awesome <laughs> like yeah no, it would have to be yeah <laughs> so let's talk a bit about like the manual labor of farming because yep. you know this show's called putting in work and i can't think of a harder job to me than being a farmer because i'm someone that avoids manual labor as much as possible like i was when i was on colin moriarty's podcast he was asking me what i think about people who are lazy and i guess <laughs> yep. framing it in a way that i'm doing my book and podcast and these projects whilst working a full-time job. And I kind of pointed out to him that whilst that might sound like a lot of hard work, I'm not like going to the gym every morning before work or riding my exercise bike when I should be. So there's these two sides of, I guess, putting in work. And one of them is being creative. And one of them is actually picking things up with your hands and getting them dirty and calloused and that's something that you're doing every single day so how do you find that the grind of manual labor and then coming home and having enough energy to be social or to be creative and doing these different projects that you enjoy being part of well i guess it i guess it just goes back to trying to keep that charisma um higher when you're tired so i think i think it's quite good mixing it up if you're if you're doing hard work and then you're coming home and i don't know your hobbies lifting weights or building a, a huge heavy thing I don't know <laughs> whatever that might be that that would be hard because you're doubling up on the he- heavy labor whereas coming back and doing something where you can sit down or just stand and talk it's qu- quite good because my second job I'd um, work at a seaside pub where it's uh, quite busy on weekends so I do weekends down there as well and I find that's quite uh, good for sort of being the opposite side of the coin so i work hard during the day but then at night times i go down the pub and i can sort of interact and pour beers and you know do that type of thing which isn't as a labor intensive but it's a lot more uh sort of social skills mm. which is like a different skill which is a which can tie you out as well yeah definitely i can imagine like there must be some days where you just don't want to do it <laughs> oh absolutely the hundred percent are. There's a uh, some like if I've had if I've had a bad day and I'm like oh, I've, I'm tired and I've got to go down and I've got to greet people and you know be be friendly in hospitality. That's like they're 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 like I know the locals really well down there and there's there's been one one time I'm I'm actually quite friendly with this with this guy but he uh, he was wait he was waiting for a beer and. I, I was I was stocking a fridge or something, and he he did something. He clapped his hands or he snapped his fingers or something, and I was just I was in a just a horrible mood. I I looked at him. I said something which I really regret saying, and he but he he understood because he he knew where I was coming from. Are you gonna tell me what you said? Something about wait wait your fucking turn or something something like that. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure that went down well. No, he he just went. Yeah, you know, oh, fair enough. Rural South Australia. Yeah, just yeah. Come for a beard. You you better wait your fucking turn, right? So, you talk about that. I guess mental strain. I wanted to ask you about some of the pressures that are facing farmers, particularly those doing it tough in the regional Australia. Like, there's so many issues that are always coming up, whether it's droughts or whether it's threats of bushfires and that kind of thing. How do you? And I guess from what you've observed through growing up on a farm, watching your parents and others nearby, like how do you guys deal with some of those pressures uh, and I guess the work that it takes to manage those tensions and things that are popping up all the time, unexpectedly a lot of the time? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing with farming. You can't, 
you can't uh, <laughs> you can't decide the weather. So mm. you can do everything right. So we do broad beans on our farm. So you can put them in on time. You can put fertilizer on it. You can sort of check the weather to make sure it's going to rain. But say three months from then, you might not get any more rain, and then they won't grow as well. And let alone bushfires and hail and you, you just you can't predict that stuff. So you can just have lot- your like sheep just flat out die from being too cold, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. You can have them die from that. There might be too much uh, something in the ground which just affects them. So it is hard. But yeah, I just feel like a, a lot of farmers they sort of that they almost they almost expect it because some years can be really really good and some years can be really bad just depending on on the weather and the weather can go perfectly fine but then the because of that everyone's got plenty of stock and plenty of uh, things to sell so the market goes towards a buyer's market rather than a seller's market so then your price is really bad so you end up making less money anyway there's there's a lot of factors that need to go right like you mentioned earlier in this conversation about the lifestyle aspect it's probably the kind of thing where people choose that uncertainty knowing that the highs are really high they get to you know pick their hours to to an extent they they don't have anyone telling them what to do but then you've got uh, the other side where it, it can turn around rather quickly yeah just like when I was thinking about what I was going to do after high school, whether I go go and study something, whatever whatever that might have been, and whatever like just the idea of getting up and having to drive through the city traffic to get to work, that sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm quite happy um, ma- making the most of this as I can. Yeah, and I mean it takes all kinds of people. That's one of the things about living in a society with all these you know all these different people with different preferences and if it weren't for people like you then we wouldn't have our lamb and we wouldn't have our wool and we wouldn't have all the things that you guys do for us so i think you know you might not get a chance to interact with city folk too often but if they're smart (laughs) they'll say thanks for for everything you do because it means we don't have to do it (laughs) (laughs) well that's the thing with farming like um it's it's never gonna go away because we've always got to eat yeah unless we all become vegetarians you still got to grow that too. We'll have to eat something <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what about like, I guess the mental health aspects? Because where I grew up with very much a dairy farmer's uh, area and one of the dairy capitals of the country. And because of, I guess, changes with milk prices and things that you mentioned before that are out of control. It's not even just the weather, but, you know, it's to do with shareholders and all these kinds of things. And drought as well is a huge factor, but there's been such a huge problem with uh, mental health, particularly with, uh, I guess, you know, the blokey nature of a farmer and traditionally men from that background aren't great at, I guess, taking care of their health, not going to the doctor. I guess it's like a cultural thing as well, like admitting that they are human and need to be taken care of sometimes. So, do you find that you've experienced, not maybe personally, but seen some of those struggles with mental health that face a lot of farmers or people living off the land? Yeah, I've um, when I, when I was younger, I've I've heard uh, stories about men killing themselves because of the pressure, um, and mm. things like that. Um, I haven't, our family hasn't faced anything like that, fortunately. But it is hard, just with all those pressures sort of building up, and it's sort of also on the farm when when you live out there. So your farm and your home are the same thing. 
So those pressures also leak over into uh, into the home as well. So, so some, yeah. if, if there's financial pressures going on and say the husband and the wife, it, they start fighting about uh, fighting about financial uh, details and, you know, the farm's going, you know, it might be going the shit <laughs> if it's a drought and stock are dying and yeah. like it... Like when it gets bad, it can get very bad. <laughs> so, and a lot, like you said, a lot of men, and I'm I'm guilty of this as well. Just we don't speak about how how we feel and what what we need to do. And I, I feel like even myself when I speak to people, speak to whether it's my mum, my dad, my girlfriend, like a, like a good friend, it, it does help a lot. And I, I would encourage anyone who feels like that, whether you're you know, whether you're in the city, uh, in the bottom of the ocean, where, wherever you are, just uh, <laughs> speak out about those things because it, it, it's not just a, a problem that's isolated to farming, but but because yeah. of the, the nature of living in the country with less people and less of sort of that's like a I guess of a social circle that it, it can... It's isolating, yeah. Yeah, it can be amplified. No doubt. It's a really important issue, I think, and hopefully, you know they're starting to address those mental health issues a lot more and i think you know there's light at the end of the Mm. tunnel and i think now that there's so much more support for people going through those situations than there has been in the past so hopefully uh, that's changing with the i guess as the generation that's one of the things with farmers it's it's passed down from generation to the next so hopefully uh the better knowledge and awareness can start to make a big difference to people like that yeah, times are changing though. I feel so. I'm a lot more open than my dad's generation are. So hopefully that continues on as the generations go. Absolutely, I think we're in good hands with people like yourself, oh, Drew. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess getting to some of the traditional questions of this show, what would you say is the hardest part of what you do? Whether it's balancing the the podcast with the more physical side of what you do day in day out or just I guess being a farmer in general because I think about it it's a seven day a week job you don't really get time off unless you go to a big effort to have people come in and replace you so what's what's the hardest part of what you do the hardest part it's it's definitely not um the podcast the podcast is <laughs> a, a purely fun and it's it's sitting down with my friend Bryce and talking about Nintendo games which I absolutely love so that that that's not hard the harder part I guess the harder part of the podcast is just you know you're sitting down to edit it then you've got to you know write out the summary even put the tags in then you've got to upload it then you've got to go all right I've got to get it ready to upload at six o'clock in the morning before I go to work um, on Twitter and Facebook that's probably the more tedious bits but probably the hardest the hardest bit I've found of farming is just um just what I said uh, near the start just learning everything from yeah. like the last few months I've been having a really um, really hard crack at shearing trying to earn some extra money on the side um, th- like when I go shearing it's not just at home it's uh, I'm with a contractor and we go to other farms and do their sheep so um, that's been one of the hardest things is uh, learning that because that's a it's a a good shearer will make it look very easy whereas uh <laughs> i'll make it look very hard because <laughs> there's it's there's a lot of there's there's a lot of skill to it and a lot of little small things if you've got your foot in a certain place it might kick if you move it a little bit to the left it won't kick 
The sheep, you mean? The sheep, yeah. Not not, yeah. not, not your leg, no. <laughs> yeah, you've, you're in control of your own kicking. Yeah, yeah, you are in control of your own kicking, uh, despite what others yeah. may say. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, yeah. just just learning all the skills you need to sort of do it, like like any business, I feel. But I guess it's like turning those different bits and pieces of knowledge into just second nature. It's like instinct for a lot of farmers that have been doing it for a long time, I imagine. Yeah, I guess I look at my dad, and he's um, he's turning sixty in a couple of weeks, actually. So I'm like, oh my god, he knows all of this. He knows all of this stuff. He knows how to you know build all of this and like do all this with the animals do the tractor do the shearing do like like there's just so much stuff and i ne- i guess i need to step back and go i'm 23 and he's 60 i've got a lot of time to sort of soak all this in and just make sure i don't waste any time and take it all in and try my best put in some work yeah that's it is it something you can see like taking on the family farm as those generations shift over yeah yeah, definitely. Seems to be something that's happening a lot less these days. Like a lot of people are growing up and seeing all the opportunities out there, travel, all these things that farmers traditionally haven't got to mm. do and saying, I don't really want to do what my parents did. And it's good to see that that's not always the yeah. case. I feel, like I feel I I couldn't bring myself to sell the farm or anything like that. I, I've, seen, I've seen how hard my parents have worked for this farm. They started, they started from... Not much at all. To be honest, they should be the ones on this podcast talking about putting in work. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've been told for, for years and years when they were starting that they couldn't do it, that they couldn't make money, that they that it wouldn't happen. And they said, no, we don't want to be working for other people. We don't want to be having to, you know, be a farm hand on someone else's farm. We want to run our own farm the way we want to run it. And they leased land. They bought stock. They lived on not much at all and eventually they got to the place where they are now where they're living quite comfortably sure so in terms of advice Drew do you have anything you want to say to the listeners who might have either you know it might be the opposite it might be that they're doing creative things during the day and they want to do something physical after work but for you it's the other way around so anything about balancing those two things like this this is going to be just pretty obvious but just just do it for <laughs> for for years I I didn't do it you know, there was always, you know, I've I've got this after work or I'm too tired. It, it's it's too easy to say I don't have time. So, all I'd say is forget saying I don't have time and say, if, if you really can't fit it in, say say something else, but don't say I don't have time yeah. because you do have time. Um, you just don't want to do it that bad. Just your, yeah. yeah, you're just you're prioritizing uh, other things. All right. And the last question, if you could do anything and know that you couldn't fail. What would you do? I've been thinking about this one a lot, to be honest, Jono. Um, and I, I've, I've always come back to, like, I, I can't think of something I wouldn't be doing if I, just because I wouldn't fail. Sure. I might go harder on the things I'm doing at the moment. So, for example, if I knew I couldn't possibly, I don't know what failing at a podcast is, to be honest. I don't know if that just means <laughs> you're getting no one listening to it or like someone's listened to it and they've taken offense and it's blown up on Twitter or I don't know what that is, but... I'd probably just go harder at the things I'm doing. So, if I knew I couldn't fail at podcasting, I'd maybe be like, oh, maybe I'll try and, you know, reach out to huge guests and get sponsors and things like that. I don't, I don't know. but Get Reggie on there. Yeah. Yeah, get Reggie on there. Got no idea how to contact Reggie. 
He doesn't. He hasn't got his. Uh, he hasn't got a Twitter account even, so I can't contact Reggie. True. <laughs> try try um, Reggie at Nintendo.com. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm sure that's his email address <laughs> at Nintendo.com. I'll probably get like a, a get a Rick Roll MP3 back or something. <laughs> probably, probably. Who's the uh, the Mario creator? What's his name again? Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, Miyamoto. Get Miyamoto on. Yeah, I'll, but then I'll the, listen. there's the language barrier too. Probably wouldn't work great for a podcast. That's that's all right. He'll just give you a thumbs up, and that can be the response to each question. Well, if, if that's the case, I'll just say I've got him on, and I'll yeah. just say he put the thumbs <laughs> like, up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is there a Mario game coming out next year? He's given me a thumbs up. Must be. So, shocking. Yep. Shocking. There's a Mario game out in a year. <laughs> um, should I give some advice about farming as well? or? Um. Oh yeah, let's go. Let's go back to that. I don't know how many farmers are listening to putting in work, but if you're out there, let's let's hear what you've got to say. A- animals are cool. You should uh, you should get some animals. Maybe uh, if you've got some uh, room in your backyard, get a sheep. Um, you could eat some grass. Don't have to mow the lawn. There you go. They're good for that. Perfect. Yeah, some, that's well, some great farming advice. Now, is a sheep the best one for the lawn, or is it like I've heard goats sometimes? What's the what's the ideal? Um. I know a goat would be pretty good actually, because goats they'll go and eat anything. But just probably probably <laughs> the smallest animal that doesn't poo as much. I don't know. <laughs> sure, they're both pretty loud sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. My my, my girlfriend uh, Chantel, she is absolutely petrified of goats, so I won't be getting a goat. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I mean, thanks for coming on the show, Drew, because you're representing the farmers, and I think the farmers are like the backbone of Australian society in some ways. Yeah, it's it's still the same thing, you know produce food essentially yeah that's it well I'll see you around the 8-bit discord yeah sounds good I'll see you there dude thank you for listening and thanks to Audio Technica that was Drew Agnew who you can find every week on the House of Mario podcast on the 8-bit network if you want to catch up with Drew he's on Twitter at idruby if you enjoyed the show don't forget you can leave a review or pick up some sweet merch all of that over at 8bit.net slash piw while you're there don't forget to check out the rest of the awesome content from the 8-bit podcast collective including House of Mario you can always catch me over on Twitter at Jono himself and until next week keep putting in work